Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 92. So, remakes seem to be everywhere these days, uh, but more often than not, they're pretty bad. But I find myself defending this, like, rise of remakes because everyone's like, oh, remakes are, remakes are a new thing and Halloween's run out of ideas. Spoiler alert. We've technically been doing remakes since the dawn of movies. So, in defense of <laughs> remakes today, Josh and I are going to be looking at some of the best remakes of all time. Because, believe it or not, there's actually plenty of excellent remakes. And some we're going to talk about today, I dare say, are actually better than their originals by quite a bit. Absolutely. Uh, but, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm I'm chilling like a villain, man. Um, it's it's we're recording this on a Monday, so it's the start of a week, and um, I didn't wake up in time to make coffee this morning, so that's how my week is gonna start off. <laughs> What's coffee, um, bro? I I'm not like the kind of person that needs coffee in the morning, but it's it did it helps. <laughs> I think I have cough have had coffee once in my life. Jeez. I'm just not a coffee Listen, person. I mean, great. Okay. I, I'm not one of those people that has like a flavored creamer and a couple packs of sugar or, or like I go to like a Starbucks and get some like, like I legit just have like a French press and I just have like a black cup of coffee. It's just, it's just nice. I don't know. I don't know what it is. What about you, man? You You're just hardcore. You just, you just pick up the dirt from underneath your feet, put it in boiling water and drink <laughs> it like a man. Yeah, Exactly. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it's good enough for me. But then again, they ate tack, so their taste buds were probably I dead. Mean, but they also ate beans, and beans are great. So Now, now you got me thinking of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> got him. But so how's, your, how's your day going, bud? Good. Um, I started back in the office at my job, so it's kind of kind – of, Interesting to be back in the flow, but it's, it's nice to just be back to some semblance of normal, considering some of the news that. we're going to talk about later completely upends anything that's normal, but um, do pretty good. Um, oh, uh, to segue us perfectly into what we're watching, I did something out of the norm, uh, but again, before anybody gets on me, I was completely safe while I was doing it. Um... Heather and I went to the movies this weekend. What? So, still, a lot of theaters around us are closed, and rightly so. Uh, but at Universal Studios, they have, like, this, like, um, shopping district before you even get to the parks. And they have a Cinemark there. And they weren't showing any new movies, but they were showing a whole bunch of classic movies for five bucks. And so, Heather and I were like, okay, what is a movie that we never saw either before because it came out before we were born and we never got a chance to see it? And let's go see it in the theater. So, we went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. And boy, oh, howdy. Wow. If you think a movie's good, wait till you see it in the theater. Because, like, when the ball drops to chase after him, like, the theater rumbles. And it's like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Um, that cool. it was, we were going between either that or the original Jurassic Park. So I, yeah. Oh, that, those are both really good choices. Ooh, right. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's a couple that I was that like, is... Ooh, cause they had Raiders, uh, Jurassic Park, Jaws, Back to the Future, the first two Harry Potters, Iron Man, Transformers, and a couple others that I was just like, 
dang, I wouldn't mind seeing any of these again. Yeah. Well, and it's something to be said, like, that some of those, I think I was not even in a position age-wise to go see them in theaters. So it'd be really, really cool to to have that experience, which also begs the question, have movie theaters always had these, like, these movies just kind of sitting in their back pocket or, or do they um, have to like re-get rights or I don't know how that works. Every once in a while, because I remember in college, uh, Cody and I actually saw the Shawshank Redemption on a theater re-release at the one by Walmart there okay. by the Target, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, re-releases still happen, just not like the situation right now of every movie is more or less a re-release, but it was something... I typically seek out re-releases of stuff that I wanted to see that never got around to. Like, in college, I'm still to this day kicking myself. Uh, there was a theater about an hour away from campus that was showing the special edition of Iron Giant in correlation with the Blu-ray release. Ooh. And I was trying to get some people to That's go, and I just cool. never got around to it. That would have uh, that would have That's a bucket list thing right there for you. Yeah, uh, Iron Giant's up there because as much as it's one of my favorite movies, my earliest memories of it was watching the 24-hour loop of it on Cartoon Network. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Um, there's a couple movies of which, like, if you ever get re-released, I desperately need to see it. Like, the original Star Wars trilogy, I have not seen on the big screen. I've seen every other Star Wars movie except the original trilogy. Um, I've now seen Halloween, the original in theaters. That was awesome. Um, I've seen Shawshank. All the mm, I would if I could get the extended cut, I would love to see Return of the King in theaters. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was cool to be back in the theater. Um, the nice thing is that th- the theater that we went to is probably the only theater that I feel safe in because even before COVID, their seats were basically like you're blocked off from every other row, so it's like divided up. So if there's no one else in your row, you don't see anybody else for the rest of the movie, no matter where you sit, like. Oh, wow. They're the nice reclining seats, so they're nice and wide, so there's nobody within two seats of us either way. Like, we were the only ones in a row anyway, but they would, like, purposely block it off so you can't be too close and nice, big, comfy seats. Yeah, it's one of my favorite theaters. It's it's a really cool place, so we always seek it out, and I'm just like, oh, you got all these other classics. I might have to go back, especially for five bucks. Um, Yeah. Well, that was something that um, when I lived in Houston, the theater right next to me, um, had five dollar Tuesdays and like and it was like for everything. So like your you know your regular movies, even like new releases, were all five dollars um, all day. And then your like big like IMAX like Dolby theater size ones were were discounted five dollars. So like instead of fifteen or twenty, you know you'd you'd pay ten or, or fifteen. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. Of I definitely remember growing up my grandma during the summertime would take me to like the kids movie showings yeah um but been watching plenty of other stuff peacock launched and it is a jumbled mess of a streaming service just like hbo max except <laughs> worse so uh peacock does this really stupid thing of you can't hook up an hdmi cord to it so hook up your laptop to an external monitor wait why because they're idiots, and that's just not a me problem. I I have a Chromecast for Peacock and HBO Max, but yeah. yeah, you can't hook up your laptop to watch it because they just want to make things difficult. Right now, the only thing worth watching on Peacock is the new Psych movie, and it is so freaking good. It is 
what the first movie should have been. <laughs> That's what I I saw your post on Facebook, and it, I, I'm happy that you you got to have that 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 time again with the guys. This movie feels like it's a love letter to Lassie. Of like, we feel bad that we could make this first movie. And you were kind of recovering from your stroke. So we want to like welcome you back with a big hug and bring you back into the fold with a great movie here. Wow. That's cool though. That That's really cool. It's like pri- It's like mid run psych of like season four, season five quality. Good. That's good. That's real good. Yeah. Right now it's the only good original content on Peacock, but, um, the head, they got my classic universal monsters. That's all I care about. Um, Hasn't all been good. In my HBO Max queue, I have a couple different movies that I wanted to knock off my list. And so one night, I gave Heather a couple options, and she's like, what's ready to rumble? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. David Arquette starring, former WCW champion David Arquette starring, ready to rumble. And I'll tell you what, it's so incredibly stupid but not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, man. It's not like absolute garbage, but it's not something that you watch often. No, like I've always been more just curious about it just to see the WCW integration and everything else. But um, if we ever did a five good things for like WrestleMania time, I don't think it'd be necessarily hard, but it was so stupid. Like I was genuinely concerned for David Arquette's character because I genuinely think he might be the stupidest main character I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, the there's, movie gets... The movie... Some, uh... Looking at the movie, there's no point in him being there. Like, his... the I think it was, like, Scott Kahn or somebody is his sidekick. He is actually, like... He's, he's fine. His character makes sense. He's a slightly immature adult wrestling fan that wants to find his idol. That's not that confusing. And then you throw David Arquette and... And everything just goes downhill. Um, I will say, though, I don't think anybody told DDP that this is a bad movie because this dude is given 130 percent in this movie. <laughs> I mean, but it's DDP, man. He, Diamond Dallas put 130 percent into everything he's ever done. He puts 130 percent into you because he believes in you. Oh, DDP yoga. That's our plug for today. DDP, yeah, it DDP is yoga, man. DDP yoga saves lives. No joke. It, um, like no joke. It does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for anybody listening, uh, check out if you, I think it's resurrection of Jake, Netflix? the snake. It bounces yeah, that, around. That, yeah, dude, it is. That's a good one. And my last one for what we watching is one that I had seen before, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time. Near and dear to your heart. TMNT 2007. Um, Oh, the the animated one? Yeah, with Chris Evans and James Earl yeah. Taylor. And it's... Rewatching it, it feels like the pilot to a TV show we never got. Because it's a good... It's a good movie. It's just... It's I will just, say, yeah. though, one major criticism I have of the movie is the plot is way overcomplicated. Yeah. Oh, of, totally. Here's this bad oh, guy totally. that's it's not actually a bad guy. Here's a bad guy that's raising some generals so that they can go and take care of these monsters. It's like, wait, why don't you just go find the monsters yourself? Because I'm main baddie. I don't do the work. I get other people to do the work for me. But he's not really the main baddie because he's Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart don't play the baddie. 
Exactly. So, yeah, anyway. You watching anything good? I'm with you. Um, so... <laughs> oh, no. Um, finally watched Jumanji Next Level. Oh! Yeah. And? and? Boy, howdy, was that good. Dude, Holy I love cow. it. I actually like it more than the first. I, I was going to say, it. I mean, I... Mm, <laughs> I love Robin Williams, but I think I, this might be my favorite Jumanji movie. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm not normally the biggest fan of Danny DeVito or Danny Glover, but oh my goodness, they kill it. Dude, they totally do. All the the little rock physical as Danny DeVito. That, um, yeah, that Devi- all the little physical comedy that Danny does at the beginning. Uh, holy cow, I he could still do Phil in Hercules. Mm-hmm. No problem also, at all. And I would totally buy it. The second one just further cements to me that, believe it or not, my favorite character in these movies is Nick Jonas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> As like the dad who's like, he's there to support his kids, but he's just really over this whole Jumanji thing. Yes. <laughs> and I don't care what people yeah. say. I wouldn't mind Nick Jonas's Nightwing. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. He's not a bad act. He's not terrible I mean, no, he's he's really I mean, actually, I, for I a musician he's really not a bad actor yeah no i i i think what i was gonna say though is for his uh, to his credit i don't think he's really had much of an opportunity to really really act so yeah, yeah. um i think my favorite part though is watching everyone's different quote-unquote impressions of, of danny devito and like how like uh Watching The Rock and, and Kevin Hart do basic, basically impressions the entire movie is is absolutely hilarious. But they're really good impressions, too. They're really good. It's almost, I, I would dare say, it's almost like they brought Danny in and for The Rock and was like, and it was like, all right, Danny, do the scene first. And he, he did the scene. And The Rock was like, all right, I got this. And just did what Danny did. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And Slight spoiler alert here. I really hope that we get a third one just so we can see, and I think this would be the direction that they go, the avatars from the game coming to our world to team up with their players. I can see that as well. I think that would be awesome. And like the whole fish out of water element now is the video game characters in the human world. I can, yeah. The the issue would be, I can see having with that though, is um, the characters' personalities are all the personalities of our other characters. We don't know that. I mean, up, up to this point. Up till I'm this saying. point. What if we throw in an added yeah, twist? So it would be... I'm calling it now. There's going to be an interesting twist of, I think the video game characters will be sucked in, and if our real-world people don't get the... If they don't win Jumanji in a certain time, the characters will cease to exist. Like, they'll pixelate away. Hmm. Interesting. Like they have to get back to the game type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on uh, real quick. Sorry. Um, I also have in my queue for my dad and I to watch. I can't believe it's taken me this long to see it. But uh, my dad and I are going to watch Baby Driver later this (gasps) week. Yes. Yeah. And then also found out that my two brothers... Uh, the, I also found out that my dad has given the green light to showing my youngest two brothers warrior. <gasps> so, 
that uh, might also happen. This share, week as well. share that gospel of warrior to all who believe. Yes, yes. Man tears will Did be shed. Like, Put that disclaimer personal, out there, dude. He's so good. Uh, real personal note here, though. I, I think the watching it this time. Oh no! Might hit, might hit different. I was just about to say, um, oh, watching it with family is gonna be tough. Well, not just that, but like my dad has gone through quite a bit in the past couple of years. Um, he, you know, he's lost his dad. He, his, lost his br- brother to alcoholism. So it's like this is this might hit a lot harder than the last time I watched it. Has he seen which was the movie? A few years ago. He has. He okay, has okay. seen it. So we're like, we're all aware of what he and I are aware of what's about to happen. But oh. at the same time, it's the life life perspective has changed since the last time I've watched it. So, that just that just makes movies like that more special to watch when you have a different outlook of what's ahead. Oh yeah. Oh dude. I'm not like that the um the that final dad scene I, I don't know if i'm ready for but stop no, so, the um, ship and, um, stop the ship oh stop stop no i don't want to think about it i cry almost every single time um but and on top of all of this luke my youngest brother and i are just about out of season three of rebels oh so we're about to come into season four like just like stuff is going hard season four is the final season if i'm not correct it, it is and i'm I, mad I enough to admit season three was i'm mad enough to admit there's a moment in season four that maybe it's just late at night and i was up too late but there's a moment in season four you will know when you get there i bawled my eyes out going you can't do that <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, but because even just like some of the I can see them setting up stuff because, you know, we're three seasons in now. We, we I understand how Dave uh, tells stories now. And um, I see you, Dave, setting some stuff up and I don't like it, but I like it and I'm not emotionally ready for it. Yeah, there's just some things that happen that like when the episode starts, you know, oh, no, this is going to be the one. And then the stuff happens and you're just like, yep, I wasn't ready for that, but it's beautiful <laughs> and I can't feel my heart anymore because it's outside of my body because Dave Filoni ripped it out. Yeah. I mean, there's still yet to be a more heart wrenching scene. Um, like we're in the like last two episodes of, of season three, but I have yet to have a more heart wrenching scene than that final 15, 20 minutes of uh, the season two finale. Well, that's more like action packed. There, I will say that I think there is one moment that will wreck you more, but I can't say what it is yet. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and I and I get that. I'm, I was just saying, I, up to this point, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, if there's going to be something because that's such a good. Though that's both those those last two episodes are so good. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish we had more good news to talk about in the news, but again, yeah. The world gives and the world taketh away because <laughs> we have yet another delay. But the sad thing is this time with the delay, it's seemingly permanent. Um, yeah. So, Tenant, the movie that's supposed to be the savior of the world, like Damien Sandow, the savior of, uh, for those 
select few that get the memes <laughs> of Tenet was supposed to be and now I've broken okay. Josh. Oh no. <laughs> for the five people that still remember the Damien Sandow memes. Um so Tenet oh, was supposed to be the savior of the movie world of this is the herald that will bring us back to the theater. And it has now been delayed again, except this time it does not have a release date and it has been delayed indefinitely. And I'm not surprised, but at the same time, this is sucky. I mean, at a certain point, and this is my perspective, is at a certain point you have to be like, um, okay, we can only kiss you know, keep moving it back at two week intervals for so long. We might as well just be like, we're going to delay it indefinitely. And then when it happens, it happens. Yeah. I'm with you of like, you could only, they're just like, well, it's like the, what's it? The commercial with the, um, fisherman. Oh, you gotta be quicker than that. You almost had it (laughs) of like, keep pushing it back and back and like taking it away from us at the very last second. So it, I get that they want to push it back, but I'm just like, I understand, but at the same time, it feels like you just took away a little glimmer of our hope here going. Yeah, you were the chosen one tenant. You were supposed to bring back the theater, not destroy it. (laughs) So, Josh, the big question for you, I have two questions, actually. Do you think tenant will still be the movie, the first movie out of the gate whenever theaters do open? And two, do you still think that it'll be in 2020? I think at this point, you might as well just aim for 21. Um, We're in the end of July. We got August coming up. Um, This, because of the way our country is deciding to deal with this virus, um, especially if schools go back in, um, with no real precautions taken, I, 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 I don't see us really getting it back to any semblance of real normal until, uh, next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if movie theaters and movies don't really get back up and running until next year. Yeah. I could see something now at the way things are going. My earliest estimations would probably be and this is being optimistic i think is maybe 25 percent capacity for theaters end of september early october and i think that that's probably being optimistic uh but at the state of things i wouldn't even say that december movie releases are guaranteed at this point i think anything is fair game right now and like Three weeks ago, it seemed like, okay, we might be able to get back to the theater, but then people had to go and be stupid, and now that doesn't look like it's happening. So, if <laughs> I've said it before, this is the only thing that I'll stand on my podium for. Guys, if you want a Halloween season, if you want a trick-or-treat, if you want a spooky season, wear your masks now and save us down the road. If you guys take Halloween from me, so help me God, I will go Michael Myers on everyone. That, I, probably, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't well, say I that think- on the podcast because FBI wiretaps and whatnot, they'll be like, well, suspect number one right there. <laughs> well, you know, secret police and whatnot. Um, hey, 
Uh, well, I can't go Michael yeah, Myers no, until yeah. next year. Thanks for that, Universal. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I I think really at this point, I almost want to say just take this year and move next year and just accept the fact that you're going to have a bunch of loss this year because uh, financially for movie theaters because that uh, you're probably losing more money on remark continuously remarketing your your movies than just waiting until you get the green light agreed and i was having a discussion with my mom recently of um i told her that heather and i had went to the movies and she's like that's a really cool idea but how long can the theater feasibly have five dollar movies and stay in business i'm like right now they don't really have a choice because theaters desperately need to be in business or else they'll if they're not open now they might be gone forever type of thing like if this yeah if this virus continues it's gonna suck but i think there's a very good chance that if this virus stays much longer that the theater experience as we know it is dead. And it's already, I'm afraid to say, slowly inching towards death. Like, yes, we have big event films like Endgame, but streaming's on the rise. And I think this pandemic has more or less expedited those plans in a lot of people's minds of like a whole bunch of people that see it in just about every movie that gets pushed back. They're just like, just release it on streaming. I'm like, that's not how studios make their money. Well, that's usually how studios make their money as theatrical releases, we could be seeing the dynamic shift. If theaters remain closed, those doors may be shut forever as much as I really don't want to face that fact because no one likes going to the movies more than me. It's my happy place. But guys, just wear your masks. We wouldn't have these uh, delays indefinitely because this just sucks. Yeah. Well, so the other fix for this, Nathan, is to um, start making a bunch of money and buy a house and just build your own theater room. <laughs> but after a while, you're not going to have new stuff. How oh, fair. I mean, but with with streaming, if it goes the direction we think it is, I mean, you'll constantly have new stuff. True. But as we've seen and watch this segue right here, it's not only just theatrical stuff that's getting delayed. It's also stuff on streaming that's getting hit hard because... The Falcon Winter Soldier is getting delayed now as well. However, this shouldn't surprise anybody because while I guess I wasn't really paying attention to when it was supposed to be coming out in in, on Disney Plus, when I saw what was originally scheduled to come out, I was like, oh, yep, that makes a lot more sense because Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to hit Disney Plus in August. I'm like, oh, heck no, they were not making that because they still have to finish some of the filming. It's hard to... Yeah, it's hard to finish a show when you can't when you haven't finished filming. So it's CW does it. Um, what? No, so, so that doesn't mean it's an okay thing. Well, they finish filming; they just don't finish their special effects. Um, but there you go. Uh, so, however, I don't think this is necessarily the worst news for Falcon Winter Soldier. Of it gets delayed. From what I've heard, they didn't have that much left to film um i think anthony mackie said they had something like 80 to 90 percent finished they only had a little bit left so i think my guess is they would theoretically be able to get back to filming august i would hope um 
and maybe we can get it maybe in December, December, but maybe January 2021. Uh, and on the flip side, yeah, that, well, they say so, that we're still getting WandaVision in December. I don't know about that. I That might have been yeah. done filming, though, whereas this was so close to filming. Um, it's like the reverse Uncharted thing of starting filming, then you get shut down. This is almost cross the finish line, and then you have to get shut down. So, like, I don't think there's going to be a big difference in when they go back to filming to when it actually hits Disney+. Plus. It all depends on how much post-production I get, I guess they have to do for it. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, you see, uh, but, uh, I would think that because of Disney, I don't see why not you would just do... Because unless you shot everything out of order, um, which shows do that a lot. Yeah, they do. Now that I'm, uh, I'm, you know, th- now that the brain is going, now that my mouth is moving, I love that when that happens. Um, but unless unless they shot everything out of order, which is something shows do quite often, uh, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily see why you wouldn't be able to just go. Okay, well we can drop an episode a week or an episode every two weeks or something like that until we can finish filming. So at least, at least they're releasing something. It all depends on how much work they would need to do on those individual episodes. I think like maybe if you're the editor, you might like feel that pressure even more um, to meet the deadline. Um, And Marvel, I don't think they need to rush anything because if this is the future of the MCU at stake here, if, if you didn't know, the MCU is on hold right now, so... Um, <laughs> it's almost the, like everything's on hold right now. Yeah. The question remains, though, um, with both this and WandaVision, of the two of them, what do you think has the better chance of coming out first? And do you think maybe both of them will come out this year? Um, I think WandaVision is coming out next year, guaranteed, and I think Falcon and Winter Soldier will come out by, by the end of the year. Yeah, I could see that. They do. Like Especially the MCU. with how much... Like the yeah, MCU slotted everything down one, so... It, yeah, with how much they're saying that they, they've already filmed, like, if they're almost done anyway, like, yeah. yeah. Well, something that was supposed to start filming before COVID hit... But then again, we've heard these empty promises from The Rock before uh, was Black mm-hmm. Adam. He's been attached to this project for like a decade. And I've been very critical, not being very interested in this movie. And this latest casting doesn't get me particularly interested. However, I'm not going to destroy it like I've seen a lot of other people online. Primarily because I don't feel qualified to talk about Noah Centineo. Centino? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, he has now been cast as Adam Smasher in the Black Adam movie. What? Also, very, very big disclaimer because, or else we will have some very questionable headlines here. Black Adam is A D A M. Adam Smasher is A T O M type of Adam. <laughs> or else Wait, it's a very different you're movie. You're telling me that in a movie led by The Rock, Adam Copeland's not coming back as Adam Smasher? why didn't yeah, i make that connection right, sooner i'm so proud of you right now <laughs> like i knew edge <laughs> guys so edge played adam smasher on one episode of the flash and josh of course was able to bring it all the way around i need like a soundboard that has a round of applause button because that well done well done that's a cutting edge well, joke right there Th- this is what uh, this is why i i've I know that. I mean, outside of me actually seeing that episode 
Yeah, I've like, seen oh, that one that too. Fun. I wish we had him around more often. Um, I saw the name Adam Smasher, and I was like, I've heard that before somewhere. There's got to be that was on Flash, wasn't it? And then yeah, that led to Rabbit Trail. Like, oh yeah, there was it was Edge. It was Adam, Mr. Adam Copeland. So, yeah, I'll be the first to say I don't really care about this either way. I don't really know nope. this much about this actor. Um, but of course, since it's a high profile casting in a movie, people are all upset. They're just like, this guy can't act. The weirdest complaint that I have seen is Adam Smasher's Jewish. This guy isn't Jewish. Um, what? Jewish what? people come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and also maybe I'm, maybe I'm like in the wrong here, but I, I didn't think you would have to be Jewish if, if you think that they have to be played by a Jewish actor, awesome. I just didn't think that was a prerequisite for the character. But also, I'm coming at it from a... I don't get two craps about Adam Smasher, the character. I really do not. I know almost nothing about so, him. So I'm like... He, mm-hmm. I I think it's cool that we're getting more casting for Black Adam. It makes this more real to me of like, okay, this is actually going to film sometime soon. We're actually going to go into production. But as a character, I care diddly squat about Adam Smasher or this kid playing him. Uh, It is important to note that everyone's like, he's so small. He is going to play He-Man in a movie soon. So this dude is like, he's going to bulk up. Um, But as it stands, cool. I think it's awesome that we're getting more casting for this movie. But I don't care about Noah or Adam Smasher because I don't know that much. It would be like, someone would be like, here, the next... Guardians of the Galaxy. We're gonna have Howard the Duck. I'm like, okay, cool. I, Let's it's go. Not a character. Okay, don't even. Don't okay, even. bad example. Bad example. Announced- it would be like, okay, if um in the I next Green Lantern movie, they're just like, it would be like if in the next Green Lantern movie, they'd be like, we're gonna have Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. I'd be like, cool. Like I know who you are, but I'm not overly familiar <laughs> with your work. I think it's cool and everything. Like, yeah. This opens the door to the Justice Society, which we've heard for a while that the Justice Society will be in the Black Adam movie. And I'm much more excited about that because Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate. Actually, there's someone higher on my priority list that I want more than Dr. Fate. Yeah, I'm I'm itching, itching for Vandal Savage. So really, that's not Uh, where I was going to go with that, actually. But. Oh, really? Yeah, there's somebody, believe it or not, that I want more than Dr. Fate. And that's saying something, because I love me some Dr. Fate. I want old school classic Jay Garrick. Okay. I Okay. I think he's so underrated. Plus, call me old-fashioned, I think Jay Garrick has one of the coolest costume designs. It's just simple. He's wearing a long sleeve and jeans and a cool um Hermes helmet I think Jay Garrick is supremely underrated and I really want him in Black Adam if that casting Ooh. gets announced I'm all over that like white on rice so here's my issue I'm, I'm with you on that I don't really care about Adam Smasher I know nothing about Noah so that doesn't really affect my opinion of it um and I guess maybe I am out of the loop and as to what is going to be this movie's going to be about but I was under the impression, especially if this is like a quote unquote black Adam origin movie that, um, this was going to be when he was in Egypt. 
in like olden time, you know, like back in like the ancient days. Back in Kondok? Yes. Yeah. I don't um, I don't know. Because we've heard of the Justice Society so, rumors, so I've kind of wondered how they would tie in. Because Dr. Fate's the only one that theoretically makes did, sense because he's ancient. But maybe they're going in a direction we don't know about exactly. yet. Exactly. Which, maybe. you know, I'm not going to sit here and be upset about or anything because we don't know anything. Maybe. There's been no teaser. We have no not We don't nothing. Maybe it's like um, a movie that we'll talk about later that The Rock just happened to be a part of as a franchise later. Maybe he's a character that something happens to him at the beginning. He... Gets put in "quote unquote" eternal slumber for a while, and then is awoken, and there's some involvement of the just Justice Society in like the 30s or 40s. <laughs> I was gonna say this is this is uh, speaking of remakes, this is gonna be uh, a uh, Scorpion King remake. Ah, ah, ah! No, <laughs> it's The Rock. It's like Vince McMahon in the XFL. The Rock has to undo his biggest mistake. <laughs> In which case, oh, he's not actually man. redoing the Scorpion King. He's redoing his one scene in um, The Mummy Returns with that CGI. Oh, Lord. We do not. I don't. I'm not speaking. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well, <laughs> you know what's not terrifying, Josh? Our oh next God, news topic. Go. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And I've, I don't even know what else I need to say. Josh, the rain is yours. Go for it. Bro. Okay, didn't we, or did, you can confirm this for me, but did we, or did I, did I, or did I not talk about Usagi Yojimbo literally last week and was like... It was like a week or two ago, not even. (laughs) Okay, so for those who are not aware, um, Usagi Yojimbo is a uh, old school comic about a samurai rabbit, and it's... um, it's getting a Netflix series, and I'm literally about to have an aneurysm of, of from excitement because finally. <laughs> also, as someone that doesn't really know the original source material too much, if I'm correct, and there's like a 75% chance that that's true, because again, talking out of my butt when it comes to Yojimbo. Isn't he somehow connected or exists in the same universe as the Ninja Turtles? Correct. Okay. Um, I'm not crazy. It's, it's okay. It's, it's weird because it's like, and you're going to hate this connection. Um, it's very similar to uh, Ninja Turtles 3. Ah! In it's like a, it's in that it's a magical connection. Um, somebody it's like in the very first, I don't know if it happens often, but it definitely happens in like one of the very first issues. He, uh, it's either him or somebody else, um, conjures, uh, what are they called? Kudos or the basically turtle demons. And it turns, they, they call up. So the 2014 turtles. Yes. And it ends up being the, the, our, our Ninja turtles that come through the portal. And so then they end up fighting next to alongside Yusaji Yojimbo. And I think there's even sometimes in animations with someone, at least one of the animated shows where uh, Yojimbo shows up. Let me Google it. Keep talking. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, as excited as I am about this, um, how often do we get announcements from Netflix saying they're making it? They've got a series in development and <laughs> Narnia. then hear nothing about it. <laughs> Narnia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Magic Treehouse. Yeah, 
it happens a lot. So while I'm super excited, <gasps> he did um, cross over with our favorite turtles in 2003. I knew it. Okay, cool. Because it just, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming because I tagged you in the article um, that you've seen a little bit of the art. Um, and yes. Just, that feels. He, no offense to you. Don't take this the wrong way. He kind okay. of reminds me of Samurai Jack meets Buster Rabbit yes. from Arthur. Yes. Like, and like every everybody in that world is an animal too. So it, oh, I'm going to get that Redwall connection, that little Redwall itch I've been, the close, I've been wanting scratch. I was say, it's the closest Redwall you'll ever get. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, as someone that doesn't know the Sora material, does he ever fight the traditional, like, old school version of the Foot Clan? Y- y- yes. Because that would be a nice like, backdoor of, we're kind of in the Turtles universe, but the Turtles yeah, aren't showing up, but he'll fight the I'm, old school I'm Foot. major air quotes on that because there's no human in the universe. So, yes, but what if the also foot, no. What if the foot aren't humans, though? What if they're different animals, like foxes? Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, there's ninjas. There's a clan of ninjas that he fights all the time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's like a clan. Like, there's multiple clans of ninjas that he – because he's technically a, ro- a ronin, which is why if he showed up in um, Last Ronin, I would – absolutely have a conniption I, oh my goodness i would die in the netflix Anyways, series he'll be voiced by keanu reeves i actually would hate that so much <laughs> because it would remind you of 47 ronin yes absolutely i tried to watch well, that movie man it's just visually it's a very good looking movie but yes that's about all it's got going for it yeah it's confusing okay so josh is excited for yusagi yojimbo I'm excited for our last news story. Not even going to lie. This got me super hyped. I'm just as excited for this. Dude, I'm so hyped because we're grown men talking about Wishbone. (laughs) And yes, you heard that right. The dog that tells kids about literature is getting his own movie by Universal. And I could not be more excited. As long as they don't sodomize it like they did Scooby-Doo, I think we'll be fine. Because for a generation of kids, myself included... I don't know about you, Josh, but I was scared straight by the Sleepy Hollow episode of Wishbone and going, why doesn't he have a head? Yes. (laughs) So between between that episode and the later on Halloween episode. Oh, dude, that show legitimately had some of the best like scares and. I, I learned so much from it too, like surprising amounts of stuff of like literature from that show. Well, I read a lot as a kid, so I, I liked Wishbone even more because it was just like, ah, books I know have come to life. However, and maybe it's just me brainstorming ideas and I don't know how this would work. Um I think the thing with Wishbone is he goes into different stories, normally one story per episode, but with a movie, I would want different stories to come together but i don't know how you would do that maybe and just go with me here here's my pitch off for wishbone oh did i just tease something maybe i did um what what was that (laughs) here's how i would pitch a wishbone movie of somehow some way he gets sent back in time and he meets 
the Brothers Grimm. Ooh. And he goes through classic Grimm's fairy tales. What was... Except don't do the... Of the the original version of Grimm's, because, yeah, you can't make that into a kid's movie anytime soon. Yeah, you can't. Sorry. Um, Watching Ariel bleed out on the... the beach would not be fun um for kids at least oh my goodness i, I just, i'd be okay uh, with it i would be okay with little oh. mermaid dying just because i've had a vendetta against her my entire life <laughs> so i would love there's no i in my last name dang it <laughs> i hate ariel so um, much what if and i don't know if you've seen it um what if they gave wishbone the door the explorer treatment because while action, yeah, yeah. So while that, that movie did not do well, um, it was awesome. I don't it, care what people say. It's I've heard I've only heard good things it's about so good. it. And also, exactly. without so, giving away too much, they do find a way to bring in the animation. Good. So it's just like it's one of those. I feel like you can. There is a way to bring up bring back these classic children's shows in the form of a movie and do it in this like tongue in cheek kind of fourth wall breaking, but not and doing it in a very clever way. I think that would work really, really well, just like they did with Dora, but with wishbone. And it'll be a lot better than Clifford that they're working on. Cause I've seen the leaked images and Clifford looks terrifying. Bro, that looks horrifying and I'm going to have nightmares. However, I'm going to put some icing on this cake just just because just for you, Josh. What if we have our our ending? Wishbone has gone on his adventures. He's back home in his own time. A character steps from the shadows, a la Nick Fury going, I'm putting together a team, but you don't have to take my word for it. Reading Rainbow's (laughs) (laughs) the crossover we all need. I'm not going to lie, that would make me more excited than Nick Fury showing up at the end of Iron Man. I'm not even joking. That would make me lose my mind. A weird, like, Marvel-style crossover universe with all the education shows. Dude, I would be so down for that. Wishbone and Reading Rainbow team up, and then Magic School Bus is in her own pocket universe. Arthur's in his own pocket universe. And every now and then they team up with uh, the kids from uh, Magic Treehouse. Because that's happening! The PBS kids shared cinematic universe. <laughs> I mean, And I you know what? what? Every movie... Not, if you do it right, like, I'm so down. And every single movie is not going to start with the Marvel logo. It's going to say, from viewers like you, thank you. <laughs> and the, I love the memes above that that, are, that circulate around that. It's like, it's like me, <laughs> PBS thanking like me for being a donator. <laughs> and I'm like eight year old me eating my rice krispies. No problem, man. But I'm not losing my mind if they had a reading rainbow connection. Oh, he's awesome. That 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 uh, his name is escaping my mind at this. Levar moment, Burton, but. Yes. Which, He's like legitimately like one of the coolest people on the planet. Oh, yeah. Which perfectly will segue us into this week's episode is sponsored by I know we had a sponsor earlier, but I'll do another sponsor. This week's episode 
is sponsored by LeVar Burton Reads, a podcast where LeVar, each week, LeVar Burton picks out his favorite piece of fiction literature, short stories, and will read them to you. They're all about 45 minutes to an hour with his calming voice, and it is a wonderful time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's just great. I just, I love LeVar Burton. He He's like, so makes good. me so happy. He, ne- he never needs to be remade. Why? Because LeVar Burton's awesome. That's why he doesn't need to be remade. Unlike some other movies <laughs> yeah. that probably didn't need to be remade, but got remade anyway. But sometimes it wasn't necessarily that bad. So this week, we will be talking about the best remakes of all time. Some of which, I think, are actually better than their originals. Like, take for example... The one that almost everybody talks about when it comes to remakes that are better than the original. Ocean's Eleven, starring everybody. Um, <laughs> Legitimately everyone. Like, the original Ocean's Eleven had everyone back in its day, but come on. This one is the one that when you say Ocean's Eleven, is what everyone thinks of. And for good reason. While I think I like 13 the best... Ocean's Eleven, make no mistake, is still a great time, and I think that's primarily because how good the ensemble cast is. They're just having so much fun and have such good chemistry. Um, Also, I think it's part of it is the style of the Ocean's movies are so unique to them. Like, within five minutes, you can immediately tell you're watching an Ocean's movie, whether it's the really funky music or... I think Oceans, the older I get, the more I appreciate some of the cinematography. They do some really interesting choices in the Oceans movies, especially in Eleven, of just, like, interesting zoom-ins. We're going to look through something through a weird perspective. Um, Really quippy Mm -hmm. dialogue. Uh, It's one of those that, like, absolutely surpasses the original. The original was fine, but come on, not even close. And yeah, it's it's an incredible film. Okay, I wouldn't say incredible, but it's everybody in that film is legitimately at the top of their game at that time. Oh, no doubt. Um, And it's probably one of the best ensemble movies this side of Knives Out. Yeah, oh, I agree. So what are some what are some ones on your list, Josh? Well, um, I would be. A miss if I didn't bring up 310 to Yuma. Mm, James Mangold is a wonderful person. It's, a, it's, <laughs> I will say Westerns aren't for everyone. <laughs> Agreed. But this, something about 310 to Yuma ne- never quite feels too Western, if I can say that. Uh, it doesn't feel like, a, all right, here comes the Indians. We're going to do our thing now. Um, it, it, it definitely plays out more of, uh, how do I explain this? It plays out more like a modern, like shoot 'em up almost, but it, it definitely plays to it, the strengths of that. Also plays to the strengths of its actors like Christian Bale and Russell Crowe mm-hmm. are on top level this time around. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up Westerns because I have one that also is like top of the list for people's go to's of remakes. And by and large, people seem to think that the remake is better, primarily because the Coen brothers are like 
experts at what they do. I will say, though, there's one person I've met that actually likes the original better, uh, my dad. But then again, he's like a big John Wayne fan. He grew up watching John Wayne mm-hmm. movies. So, of course, he was going to prefer the original over the remake of True Grit with Jeff Bridges. So, what's crazy is... You haven't I seen actually, this one. I prefer the original. Really? Why is that? Mm-hmm. There's... And maybe it's because I watched them back-to-back just to see the difference. But the new one definitely feels like a of the original rather than a reinterpretation. It sounds like what? I'm sorry. It sounds like what? It feels like what? No, it it, it feels it feels more like a imitation okay. rather than a re reinterpretation. Okay. Just think you cut out for a second, so I missed the interpretation part. No, you're good. Um, uh, but I mean, that's a personal personal opinion. I mean, it it doesn't stop the new one from being real good because Jeff Bridges is this is like his bread and butter. He is on top of his game. I will say that the one of my issues that I have with this one is. This felt like, at least to me, the start of the Jack Sparrow type era, except for Jeff Bridges of like after this movie, Jeff Bridges found the thing that he likes to do and he sticks with it of the I'm a gruff guy that wants to kind of be a Sam Elliott, but I'm not quite there yet. And so I'm going to talk like this for my next couple movies, whether it's a good choice or not. Um, And I kind of blame True Grit for that. But on the flip side... True Grit did introduce us to one Haley Steinfeld, who continues to be one of the most bright up-and-coming stars out there, who, unfortunately, I don't think she's attached to Hawkeye anymore, but I enjoy seeing Haley Steinfeld and stuff, and she's excellent in True Grit, and this is where we really got to see that on display for the first time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's well shot, it's not too dark, it doesn't feel old and dated it's good i mean i just i think at the end of the day for some reason i prefer the original and that's fine okay my other question is did you grow up watching westerns didn't well okay i take that back i grew up watching gunsmoke every night okay gunsmoke and bonanza were were where it was at as a kid tv land got a lot of its viewership from me Yes. So, I mean, I grew up watching Gunsmoke. So, like, I guess I would say that I grew up watching Westerns at the same time. Like, I didn't watch movie Westerns. I like I've it's taken many, many years for me to actually go go and seek out a lot of the old school Westerns that were with Clint Eastwood, with um, John Wayne. Uh, I I just never got into like uh, I didn't start movies really until little bit later in my teens um but yeah no i i didn't grow up on john wayne's and so me and i definitely saw that one first so maybe that's why i have more of an attachment to it because it reminded me a lot of of that gun smoke era fair enough i I didn't know if that like played into your factoring of anything or not um one movie that we'll see the reaction we get from people that listen to the podcast on this one 
people kind of be up in arms lately about Disney remaking all their classic movies. Uh, and we're going, you do realize the animated movies that you watch as kids were just animated remakes of other movies, right? So, um, mm-hmm. but by and large, people seem to think they're not nearly as good as their originals. The, I will agree, except for one movie, which I think far surpasses the original because I think the original is just kind of fine. It's Disney's leftovers, basically. Yeah. And I'm talking about the Jungle Book. Really? Okay. I love the John Favreau Jungle Book. I think it's by far the best Disney live action remake that they've made so far. I was really hoping Lion King would be it, but pfft, that's a hot of a movie. Um, was Jungle Book visually beautiful they flesh out more things it's not like beauty and the beast where they added extra time to the movie but it's stuff that we didn't care about it made us care more about Mowgli. we saw more of what he was like uh with his tricks um his relationship with his family the wolf family the voice cast is spot on like ben kingsley as bagheera bill murray as bill murray um it's also Christopher Walken has a cowbell scene, and I really can't be mad at that. Um, it's I, Christopher Walken as the king is in genu- genuinely one of my favorite things about that movie. <laughs> it's visually gorgeous, but it's not like Lion King where the visuals are basically the only thing the movie has to stand on. It's a really good story coupled with it. Like It actually improves upon a very straightforward story in the original, which is very much more aimed to kids and pretty straightforward and simple. Whereas the remake added a lot more depth to the, all the characters. I think it just became a much better film than the original, just because I think the original was fine, but nothing too spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. And there's only so much you can, I mean, and plus it helps that it's my boy, John Favreau, um, who was slowly becoming, Coming, in my opinion, one of the best directors alive right now. But he also did Lion King, so. Yeah. And I think maybe part of the reason with Lion King is it was too close to the chest, whereas Jungle Book, I saw as a kid, but it was never in my top 10 favorites, like ever. Yeah, to John's credit, my issues with Lion King really didn't have anything to do with the voice acting or the story itself it was that the animation because yeah it's animation um just left any emotion out of the eyes it was too realistic yes they all just looked like very bored animals but even take that away the voice acting seemed like they just didn't care yeah so i mean i I don't know what you could argue that the cow, cows come home, but um, yeah, Jungle Book is definitely it, it is the best remake so far. So uh, I want I'm I want Mulan to take that spot. I really want it. Same, but we'll, we'll see that ever if we'll, comes out. Yeah, if we'll ever see Mulan, I, I feel the same way. Of I want it to be the top, and I, I think it, there's a good chance that it will. Um, I have another one that fits into that Western genre so to speak oh yeah but i always think of it more as an action movie than a straightforward western um and it comes from who i think is a really underrated director in antoine fuqua who did the magnificent seven 
I, oh, I almost put that almost put them on this list. I love the Magnificent Seven because like Ocean's Eleven, I almost said Ocean Seven, which is a little too close to a, a terrible movie. Um, like Ocean's Eleven, Magnificent Seven has a fantastic ensemble of Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. Not just playing Chris Pratt. He's actually trying to flex his acting muscle a little bit. There's still a little Pratt in there, but he's more... I think he's testing himself for uh, a Han Solo-type character this time around. Um, You've got Ethan Hawke. You've got Vincent D'Onofrio. But I'll say Vincent D'Onofrio this time around is one of the few weaknesses. I think his character was a bit odd. The high, squeaky-talking big man was a bit interesting um but intense visceral action um great performances by everyone Antoine Fuqua always gets the best out of Denzel whether it's training day or I still think a very underappreciated movie The Equalizer with David Harbour um I love The Equalizer but Magnificent Seven I just was really blown away I wasn't expecting too much just because the original is a classic um but also, Magnificent Seven really wasn't on my radar. And I saw some of the trailers, so I was just like, sure, why not? I like Antoine Foucault. Let's check it out. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. And that's saying something, because Foucault's done great work. So maybe I was, maybe I should have had my expectations higher, but the Western genre has been dead for a little bit, so I didn't expect anything huge. But I really, really dug Magnificent Seven. All right, all right, all right. So uh, I'm going to throw a throwback in here, okay? Uh-oh. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so we Scarface. should definitely bring up the classic that is The Parent Trap with Liz Ann. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> Which one do you consider it to be the remake? It's like saying, yes, A Star is Born is a remake, which one? It's been remade like four times. <laughs> well, the the one with with Lindsay Lohan is the 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 most modern. Big air, air quotes there, um, but yeah, like that's that. To me, that's the that's the 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 the, re, the, the remake. I mean, because it's it's legitimately down up there. It's like one of the best family movies of all time. Did you see that they did a reunion Zoom call recently? No. When? yeah that's um, cool also i wouldn't say i would put it in the best category but honorable mention because i will always have a soft spot in my heart for this movie and it's only grown over time because of someone in this movie who is one of my all-time favorites honorable mention to freaky friday which again has had a bazillion remakes but the one with jamie lee curtis and Lindsay lohan is also pretty enjoyable it is. And also and has like, Gibbs in it. I'm not usually the kind of person that like enjoys those kinds of movies, those just kind of cheesy late 2000s, um, just not really a rom-com, but like a family movie, but adult themes as well. Um, yeah, but I enjoy that Freaky Friday quite a bit. Because it's Jimmy Lee Curtis, and she's like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Which, as What's I crazy get- is watching watching both her and Lindsay try to act like each other and do it really really well yeah absolutely which is 
will be the last time you ever hear me say good acting and Lindsay Lohan in the same sentence. Yeah. So I'm going to do one last one and then I'm going to shift over of every movie. I'll say one more. And then after this one, every single movie that I say, I don't care if I tick some people off. Every single remake that I will mention, I think is better than the original from this point on. So maybe I should have saved Ocean's Eleven, but wasn't thinking ahead enough. Um, yeah. The one that I don't think is better than the original, but is still a fantastic remake, is one of the only times that I will give Zack Snyder any credit. Dawn of the Dead is awesome. Okay, okay, okay. So would it be safe to say that we're about to drop a bunch of ho- uh, a bunch of ho- horror remakes here? Four out of the five of my remaining ones are horror yeah, ones. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> because horror gets remade more than any other genre. And yes, there's a lot of terrible ones. The Wicker Man is so bad it's good. But there's a lot of ones that, like, if you get it right, actually can improve upon the original. Um, but Dawn of the Dead, I think its biggest strength was not trying to be the original. It was... Zack Snyder's dark and gritty take on a modern zombie story. And I think it works because he didn't have to have anybody be super heroic. It's a tale of survival. Because I've said for a while, Zack Snyder struggles with heroes. If you don't have to have somebody be a heroic character or a morally good character, it can be pretty good. I like Watchmen, but that's because all your protagonists in the movie are kind of scumbags. Um... Zack Snyder has a very cynical approach in filmmaking, and I think that's perfect for a zombie movie. Not a Rob Zombie movie, but a zombie movie. So, also, Zack Snyder's love slash obsession with violence and destruction actually works in Dawn of the Dead's favor of the gore and brutality of the zombies this time around, really is a step up from the original. So, while Zack Snyder has never been, nor will he ever be one of my favorite filmmakers or even really a filmmaker that I particularly enjoy his movies. I will always respect his vision that he puts into movies because he does his specific thing really, really well, which is style over substance. But every once in a while, he's got some good substance in Dawn of the Dead, just compared to the original. I don't know if it necessarily holds up, but in terms of remakes, it has to be in the consideration for one of the better ones. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I bring to the table another horror, horror remake um, that I had never seen the original. So I didn't know it was a remake until I did some research or, and I was told. Um, but Fright Night. <gasps> yes. And I didn't know if you were going to put it on there. I was really tempted to put it on the list. Dude. I genuinely love this movie, partly because Anton is literally just one of the best actors. And it's really sad that he's gone. But God, I love watching him. Also, I think you have a man crush on Colin Farrell, too. Um, you don't? Eh, he's OK. <laughs> Bro, come on. The guy is super cool. Um, especially in this movie. Also, surprise, uh, surprise cameo from David Tennant. (laughs) 
Rip. Oh, yeah. I forgot. It's been a while since I've seen Fright Night. Yeah, he's in it as the, magi- the magician. Like, what? Fun fact. Do you know who directed the original Fright Night? I do not. Tom Holland. Wait, no. There's a dude named Tom Holland, not the Tom Holland you're thinking of. He didn't direct it from the womb. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, what? No way. Yeah, I mainly wanted to see your reaction to go, there's another Tom Holland, or better yet, baby Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's genuinely what I thought. I thought, like, little four-year-old Tom Holland somehow articulated an idea for a movie called Fright Night and got it made. <laughs> yeah, it's the third Baby Geniuses movie. It's just Tom Holland waddling around set directing vampires. I, I don't see really see a problem with that, honestly. I, I would pay to see that. It's got to be better than the first two Baby <laughs> Geniuses. Oh. Yep. So, here's where the some people might start to turn on me, but... I, from this point out, I will stand by all my opinions that this, these remakes are actually better than the original, even if it makes some people mad. Okay. Because the remake of Friday the 13th is leaps and bounds better than the original. Well, that's because nothing actually happens in the original. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's Mrs. Voorhees. And I know some people are like, it's not a remake of the original. It, it kind of is because it kind of lumps together the first three Friday the 13th into one remake but it's also everything that the Friday the 13th brand would come to be known for better for worse in one movie it is to me the quintessential Friday the 13th movie of if you actually want someone to get into Friday the 13th it's probably the best idea to show them the remake and I'm actually sad that we never got a sequel for it because the kills are fantastic. Granted, Jason doesn't dunk anybody's head in liquid nitrogen. And that's sad because that's still the best kill ever, um, ever. But he even up one ups your favorite kill, which is the uh, sleeping bag against the tree. This time he strings somebody up while in the sleeping bag and puts them over a fire. That's a great kill right there. Um, and so oh, people yeah. are like, well, the characters aren't developed. Um, welcome to Friday the 13th. Only one character ever got <laughs> development, and his name was Tommy Jarvis, and he was supposed to be the killer. Um, but it's gory. It's over-the-top sexy, which is Friday the 13th, especially the sequels. Um, it is the quintessential Friday the 13th movie. I won't say it's the best of the franchise. I still think that's probably part six. Um, but as a remake goes, I will still stand by it to this day that the remake is by far better than the first one. Better kills, probably better acting, probably because it had a better budget, but it was the more quintessential Friday the 13th. For me, Friday the 13th doesn't get good until like the fourth movie, and only like a third of the movies made are actually uh, unironically good. But the remake, I still have a soft spot for going, okay, this Jason I am terrified of, and he's a hoss that will wreck your day. Yeah, um, so I'm uh, about to fight you because I think every show when we do a, a list like this, I'm allowed, we're both allowed to have at least one that we think is the best, not because it is, but because we love it. And you said Wicker Man is not, and now I have to fight you because you it love it because it's ironically bad. 
<laughs> no, it's the best. It, it, how do you take a a pretty for you know for the most part a fairly solid horror movie and turn it into a comedy while taking itself seriously, bro? That's just that's just skill that is not ironic. <laughs> it's not a better remake. It's more fun remake, but no. <laughs> Just, just no, you've missed the point. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Did the original have Nicolas Cage running around in a bear costume punching people? No. That's why this is better. Or roundhouse kicking, roadhouse kicking a sister beach into a wall. <laughs> or random oh, Aaron Eckhart dude. cameos. Oh, dude. It's so, like, I, I, I think it's just because I love Nicolas Cage so much. But, okay, on a more serious note... Um, I'm surprised neither of us have talked about this yet, but I think it's time to call Dread being the best remake of all time. See, I don't know. I was considering putting Dread on the list, but I didn't know if it was remake or reboot because it doesn't really follow similar story beats to the original. It just has the same character. Fair. But well, okay, so for anybody uh, for our listeners, you and I had like a real discussion before we went on air about what quantifies a a remake slash to, for for a reboot. Because originally I had uh, the the plant the new Planet of the Apes movies on there, but technically those are those would be like you said more reboots. So I don't know because now that you're saying it, Dread Dread does feel more like a reboot. Yeah, which, don't get me wrong, I think Dread is one of my favorite action movies ever, minus the CGI that doesn't hold up particularly well. Um, Originally, actually, another peek behind the curtain, this discussion topic was going to be best uh, remakes slash reboots, like including both, because I didn't think there's going to be enough good remakes, but looking at all the different ones online, I was like, oh yeah, I like that one, I like that one, that one's better than the original. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, I think this would be more reboot, but that being said, we don't talk about Dread enough, so dread it on. I, <laughs> as Thanos once said, run from it, dread it. Destiny comes oh. all the same, and Destiny's name is Carl frickin' Urban. Gosh. So, we have three jars on this show. I have a jar for every time we talk about how to train your dragon you have a jar for every time we talk about um iron giant also a quick side note and we both share a jar for dread <laughs> i feel like i need a jar for mask of the phantasm yeah uh, yeah uh, i think we'll split the iron giant jar with that <laughs> the iron phantasm <laughs> oh no Ooh. <laughs> oh no <laughs> marvel get on that <laughs> oh no um, Morgan anyway, fights the but, Iron yeah, Phantasm. It, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I I would agree. I think now thinking about it, Dread definitely is more of a reboot because it doesn't follow the same story beats, even if Carl Urban is a better Dredge Dread. So I got four left. Three of them count as horror. Do you want me to get my non-horror two. out of the way or do you want me to space them my out a little bit two, uh, my last two is uh, two are horror so if you want to get your non-horror out of the way and then we can just uh, just uh, stick in one of our favorite genres for a bit <laughs> alright I'm actually surprised you have not said this earlier because I put this on the list with you in mind and this is the one 
that I'll put the boxing gloves on. Come at me, bro, because I still to this day, upon rewatch, I think this is better than the original by far. Here, are you guys ready for some controversial opinions? Leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds better. The Karate Kid remake is better. Well, it's not hard to be better Josh. than a movie where your main character is a total jerk. Josh, you have to realize you are in the minority in how much you hate the original Karate Kid, though. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> but yeah, no. Oh, like, I mean, it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, I don't know. Uh, Jackie Chan is, is awesome. Yes. Okay. So uh, our friend Matt Dahlberg um, posted something on Twitter, and I responded that I still to this day think Karate Kid, the remake, is better than the original. And there's a lot of reasons why I think that of, yes, the original is a classic. And it is. I like the Karate Kids by the same guy that did Rocky. It's good. It's pretty standard 80s um, sports movie. Uh, pretty cliche. You know what you're going to get. But as you've pointed out and numerous other people have pointed out, it hasn't aged particularly well because when you're watching it, I don't actually ever feel sympathy for Daniel Russo because literally everything that happens to him is of his own doing because he's an idiot. Like after a certain point, Johnny Lawrence and the Cobra Kai have left Daniel alone until the tournament. They're just like, okay, we respect our sensei. And then he still antagonizes them time and time again, going, you can't hit me. You can't hit me. It's that annoying little brother that pokes you. It's like, you can't do anything about it. He's just annoying. And as much as Mr. Miyagi's great, there's not as much character depth to him as people think. Um, He's just the generic old wise man that's kind of modeled after Yoda. On the flip side, Jackie Chan's Mr. Han in the remake, there's a lot more depth and complexity there. When you find out why he builds the car every time, every year, that wrecks me every single time finding out what that car is doing. And also, the original Karate Kid, the dynamic is mentor teaches mentee. It's like a father figure type role. Whereas in the remake, it's more of a symbiotic relationship of Jaden Smith's uh, apprentice helps the mentor as much as the mentor helps the apprentice. They are a team. They're a unit. It's not a master apprentice dynamic. It is a bond. They work together. And I know people like to bag on Jaden Smith because after Earth and he's made some he's a weird dude. But cast your mind back to 2010 when this came out. He was still pretty well regarded as a pretty decent child actor. The Pursuit of Happiness had come out. He was awesome in that. He's fantastic in this. You actually feel bad when stuff happens to him because he has to move not across the country. He has to doesn't have to move from New Jersey to California, which you're from New Jersey. You're already disliked. Um, but he has to move from Detroit to China. The kid is like the biggest fish out of water there is. So you immediately feel bad for him. Then he just gets wrecked time and time again by basically the most evil kid ever. Like the kid is more evil than the master. And yeah, he's horrible. Also, the fights are much more brutal in this of in the original Karate Kid. They fight like on turf or whatever. And Daniel falls down a hill or something. No, Jane faceplants on concrete on this. Like, he, there's some fights in this when he's getting beat up. It's genuinely hard to watch. So that way, when he overcomes everything, you feel it that much more. And as much as I like Mr. Miyagi, he's one of the great mentor figures. 
when Jackie Chan is talking about Kung Fu, you have your eyes locked on Jackie Chan because it's Jackie freaking Chan. You hang on his every word. Pick up the jacket. Put the jacket away. And you learn what put on the jacket means. And um, it it's the embodiment of every, everything you do. So when that unravels, that means so much more than wax on, wax off. Uh, yes, the original Karate Kid is, is good. It's your stereotypical feel-good sports movie. But in terms of actual storytelling the remake is so much better good cinematography the fight choreography is so much better great fight choreography um and as weird as the snake is at the end i think it's much better than the crane because as the cobra kai show has pointed out that crane kick is super illegal and daniel should not have won the tournament which is another kind of weird nitpick that i have against the original karate kid but that's a super super niche complaint of on paper Daniel should not have won that because that's cheating but whatever I'm just glad Cobra Kai the show addressed it and soon y'all can watch it on Netflix but yeah I don't care if you're mad Karate Kid remake is better than the original original is it's fun it's like the new one has better storytelling though if you can just get past the fact that it's Jaden Smith and he's weird it's a better movie whether you want to admit it or not it, I couldn't set, have said it better than myself. Than myself, he just he, he like also isn't like you know from New Jersey isn't California an improvement? Like why would I, whatever? I'm not gonna sit here and just dog all over Karate Kid, but yeah, it, I would agree that the the remake is way better. I would even say that Karate Kid Two is better than the first one, but anyway. Yeah, all right, I got three left. All of them, well, two of them are horror. The third one is horror adjacent. Hit me with that horror adjacent. Horror adjacent is one that, you know me, I love the Universal Monsters. I think they're great. Although when I went and watched all the Universal Monsters, there was one movie that I was very disappointed when I watched it because the remake was so good and the original is so, so boring, I struggled to stay awake. And I'm, of course, talking about the original Boris Karloff mummy movie. Thank God it got remade with our star, Mr. Robot himself, Brendan frickin' Fraser. <laughs> the Mummy yep. is an example of a movie that I wish Hollywood would make nowadays. It's why I think Aquaman was so successful, because Aquaman is basically just the mummy, except with Jason Momoa instead. Because adventure and treasure hunting and finding something with clues and a love interest in the background. The mummy is a prime example of cheesy blockbuster swashbuckling fun that I wish more studios made. It is the like standard of, okay, you kind of took the source material with Emotep and the original mummy, but you did something different with it. And I know that some pissed off some people, those people are all old and don't really care nowadays. Um, the original Mummy does not hold up particularly well. But the new one is basically the only Mummy movie that people think of. It's, oh yeah, it's the Brendan Fraser one. Now, granted, they would ruin their legacy later with Scorpion King or Mummy Returns or Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. But it it's the one that when you say the Mummy, people think of that one. When you say Dracula, people are like, you the Bela Lugosi one, the terrible Dracula Untold. Uh, that one with Keanu's bad accent. But the this mummy one, 
this is the only one people ever really talk about, unless there's those poor, unfortunate souls like me that have seen the Tom Cruise one. And Woo! people go, uh, you mean the Tom Cruise one? No, the good <laughs> one. Oh, the Brendan Fraser one. That That's how that goes. Yay! So... Yeah, this is leaps and bounds better than the original Boris Koloff one. And I love the Universal Monsters, but not the Mummy. Mummy's pretty bad. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah, it's... Yeah. The Brendan Fraser one is... is part, you got Brendan Fraser at... Unfortunately, ended up being the top of his game. Um, well, the Mummy was a blessing and a curse for him. Of It brought him a lot of success, but because he did almost all of his own stunts, it brought him a lot of pain. And did a lot of damage to him, which is yeah, why he didn't age particularly well. But I think he's still awesome. Well, I mean, there's also all the stuff in the background that happened with the producers and stuff like that. But yeah, and and the divorce and stuff. But yeah, but good for I him for making a comeback. Day, I I really hope that the Doom Patrol role gives him some confidence that he can start to come back and like really come back. Mm-hmm. All right, I got two left. What do you got? Um, let's start off with your favorite knee scene. Um, Dang it! We got we got to talk about Evil Dead, man. Dang it! That's one of my two. I figured we'd yeah. have to get there eventually. And also, I told Heather yeah. beforehand. I was just like, I need a timer to see how long it takes Josh before he talks about the knee thing, just because he knows it gets <laughs> under my skin, literally. You know what's great is uh, now Not that, scene. that scene also gets to me because of my knee, my knee issues. <laughs> Welcome to the club, you unfortunate man. Oh, man. So my only like real quip with this movie, my only real issue um, is that there's that really creepy song that the girl in the basement sings in the trailer. And it's mm-hmm. not in the movie. I think that was probably in the trailer because it might have been in the original movie. Um, this is another one like Karate Kid that this is leaps and bounds better than the original. Um, like I know there's legions of fans that like the original Evil Dead just because it's, it's, um, Sam Raimi and he's like the nerd God before there was Kevin Feige and they're just like, oh, but so grungy and homemade. I'm like, and I, I respect it from that respect of, I think it's really cool that Sam Raimi and his friends were able to like basically cobble together a movie and you can tell with every frame how homemade and how much passion and love they went into it. But I think you have to have grown up watching The Evil Dead for it to really resonate with you because I watched them just like, oh no, the sequels of this are so much better. I'd much rather watch Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. This is, this is much better. It's, it's very dated now. Uh, like, I respect the original Evil Dead's place in horror history, but, oh my goodness, I was not expecting when we watched Evil Dead, the remake, yeah, to be as enamored with it as I was, because I was just like, it's a horror remake in the 2000s. How good can it be? Because this was in the same era of um, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which is up there for worst. Um, Halloween, which... I don't hate the first Rob Zombie Halloween, but I'm not putting it on best remakes list. Um, yeah. While I have Friday the 13th on my list, a lot of people don't like it, and I respect that. Uh, but this is the era where everything got remade. Uh, a movie that I will talk about next uh, also got remade, and it was kind of remade slash prequel, and it was not very good either. Uh, so when we get around to Evil Dead, we're like, 
I don't know. Uh, but the fact that it's Fede Alvarez who did Don't Breathe, and I love Don't Breathe up until they find out what's in the basement and that whole of it. Um, but we start watching Evil Dead and we're just like, this is different. I like this different. Yeah. It's dark. What? Holy crap, Here's that guy doesn't have an arm anymore. Like, yeah. oh, geez. I think what I appreciate the most about it is that it does start like your typical 90s horror schlock. You've got your 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 little uh, stereotypes. You got your character archetypes, and everything's kind of normal for a '90s schlock, even though it's not a '90s movie. Um, but then they like just instantly kick it up a notch within like the first 20 minutes. Bam! All of a sudden, it's a completely different movie. And I know people rave about the original uh, blood and gore and the original Evil Dead. Oh my god, you see this guy's tendons in his arms as he's sawing his own arm off. Um or or, yes. or when the girl when the girl chops uh, uh what is it? Like basically shaves her own face off. Uh or yes, the knee thing will always make me twinge, but that scene mixed with without going into too much detail, when they lick the knife. Oh god, stop. Uh, yeah. There's so much of that it just makes you squeamish and uncomfortable, but it's not also just gore for the sake of gore. It's actually really good storytelling of why are you in this cabin in the woods? Well, we're going to basically cleanse this drug addict here and we need to take her away from the world to basically detox her system. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, why don't you escape? It, it, we tried to escape, but also the person that's on drugs it makes sense when she starts going crazy and they're just like, yeah, we're not leaving because she's probably just having a bad uh, effect and not having drugs in a while. So it all makes sense of going, why don't you all just leave when stuff starts going sideways? Because they don't probably see it as stuff going sideways. Yeah. Well, and because relapses look at like so many different things and they genuinely care about their friend and they want her to get out of this. Yes. But then by the end of it, when, spoiler alert, when she's the last one standing and you've more or less seen her be the one that's been attacked the whole movie, oh my goodness, when she starts to become the main hero of the story, you are pulling for her 100% of... Oh, absolutely. Again, we won't tell you what happens, but there's something that she has to do to herself to survive. And I was like, okay, that's a baller move right there, 127 hours. And yeah, of course, you have to have the it's, chainsaw and she mm, it's just great. What's wild is as good as it is, I don't think I could put it at the top number one spot for best. Me neither. Ever. Me neither. So what, what 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 do you have? I'll be curious if you have it, too, because a lot of people and I actually got in a fight at work because some people didn't believe me. That this was a remake. John Carpenter's The Thing. Wow, we are like one month right now. There we go. I'm so happy right now. There we go. <laughs> this is a remake, people, of Howard Hawks's It uh, It Came From Outer Space, if I remember correctly. No, The Thing From yes. Outer Space, um, which this is still like my one of my favorite movie trivia facts ever is. So that movie was made by Howard Hawks, 
who was like John Carpenter's role model when he was a kid. 1978 comes along John Carpenter's Halloween, in which case Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace. Guess what Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace are watching on TV? The original it came from. Yep. The original thing from outer space. Almost crazy. Almost 10 years before John Carpenter would do the remake. That's nuts. Uh Uh-huh. And actually, even Rob Zombie did a little tip of the cap. Uh, They're watching the original The Thing from Outer Space in his remake, too. It's just like, okay, Zombie, you have done your homework a little bit. Yeah, that's really cool, though. And I think the one of the things that makes this remake, which is still surprising, so good is like without even talking about the acting, without talking about story, uh, the special effects are incredible and still hold up. It's because they do this thing called practical effects. Wow, Hollywood. So um, that's not a thing. I teased no it earlier that there's an era of remakes for a while there, and they did a remake of the original thing like 2011 with Joel Edgerton and um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead it wasn't particularly great um, but that's one of the frustrating things is they actually had practical effects for that movie but then they decided now nah, let's just CG it instead so if you look at the behind the scenes they cool, like really cool looking practical effects for that movie but they didn't go with it and it bothers me um, but I only saw the thing for the first time last year and I hadn't seen it before, but I had seen some of the famous scenes like when the guy has a defibrillator and it goes through his, his chest and it opens up like teeth and whatnot, like a little shop of horror style. So I kind of had an idea of what the movie was going to be like, but that movie that I saw what it is, is not what I thought it was going to be. Yes. The thing has some great gore and some great kills, but that's only to show you what the stakes are. Most of the movie is, I don't trust the person standing next to fear that comes from that of, oh, I haven't seen you in 10 minutes. Where have you been for the last 10 minutes? Um, I don't trust the person standing next to me, even though I've known them my entire life. It's preys on that, like, almost like the zombie movie trope of the human problem, because there are so many times in this movie that the people almost kill each other out of their own paranoia. And, well, Jamie Lee Curtis will always be my favorite horror movie protagonist as Laurie Strode. Uh, Kurt Russell has to be up there uh, for the thing. Because he's just like, I'm going to be the only one here thinking rationally in this situation. Here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Yeah. You over there, you over there, we're all going to do blood tests, yada, yada, yada. It's so unnerving. And you just put yourself in the situation of everyone in the movie going, I... I don't know if I would trust the people that I'm with if this happened to me. And you immediately just start second-guessing everyone, going, uh... And that, that's actually almost more scary than the thing itself. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the thing and does the it's, unthinkable. It's hard to, yeah, it, it's hard to do better than the thing as when it comes to makes. Because it's just... Yeah, man. <laughs> Practical effects, acting, story suspense, like... Yeah, oh, it's also, hard to do better than that. Because it's John Carpenter. Excellent music, too. Oh, absolutely. Also, the thing crossed that line that so few horror movies will go, and we thank them for that. Of 
Watch the thing if you like dogs. You're you, you guys are mean. <laughs> like John Carpenter, I think for a while there has had a thing against dogs. You got the thing. Michael Myers' main diet consists of dogs, apparently. Um, it yeah. Did well, you I mean, talk about some there's things? There, there's definitely something to that, though, because um, one of the hardest moments in movies like uh, I Am Legend Ugh. is when he has to put his dog down. It's because for some reason as a culture, we have attached so much love to these animals. And, and I mean, like – you what's what's the you know the thing you, you people always say when you watch horror movies uh you can do whatever you want to the human characters but don't touch the dog or don't touch the cat and so like it's the ultimate as a director or as someone writing a movie it's the ultimate middle finger to your audience to kill an animal not just like off being one of the first like ones on screen and it's not just like a yeah. death it's a oh that's almost borderline overkill and now we know what the stakes are for the rest of this movie exactly it's it it helps set the tone it helps kind of give the audience an idea of what they're about to watch and it is a heck of a ride it is by far the best remake like the original is fine but like oceans it's incredibly dated now um but the thing is and will be just timeless piece of horror and just timeless piece of movie making. Um, but yeah, Josh, you got any more thoughts in closing before we wrap this thing up? Not really, man. I mean, I think I understand people. I, think I understand people's apprehension and anger that remakes are still a thing that happens and like, give us original storytelling. But I mean, mm. I can sit here and tell you that, that um, I've seen movies with original storytelling and nobody saw, went and saw them. Exactly. So, Stop whining, complaining about original ideas. If you're not going to go see them, John Carter. Exactly. So it's, it's, we can sit here and complain all we want, but at the end of the day, sometimes remakes are a good thing. And to understand that, you sometimes you bring more to a story and that maybe you your love of the original is really just wrapped up in nostalgia mm-hmm. i couldn't have said it better myself always be willing to give something a chance no matter what well what do you guys think what are some of your favorite remakes of all time let us know in the comments below we always like hearing from you guys and as always if you like what you hear and you want to hear more subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on whether it's itunes spotify google podcast or youtube and if you haven't already subscribe to us on youtube at uncharted media and as always stay sharp movie guys and gals